I'm scared. You don't be scared. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's yeah, you you'll, you'll love it. Uh-huh. Don't worry. It's nothing. Um, don't worry. Let's let's just do the silence <laughs> and the clap sync. That's very reassuring. <laughs> Thank you. Hello and welcome to Book Reshorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is the podcast about sharing your weird media with your friends who don't really know a lot about it. And today we're doing our final reshort of our winter season where Danielle and I have been taking a bit of a break and doing an every other week of shorts. And for our finale, Danielle, you don't know why I've brought you here, do you? No. I'm nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous, Danielle. You tried to reassure me earlier and it was not reassuring at all. <laughs> I'm very reassuring, Danielle. What could go wrong? No. I want to thank you for coming because I want to discuss with you a very specific part of a piece of media that has bothered me for a long time. And it doesn't rise to the level of a full episode as I want to talk about the entire media, but just this one aspect of it. Okay. So the piece of media I want to talk about specifically is Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. I know. And even more specifically, the 2010 kind of soft reboot called Mystery Incorporated. Okay. <laughs> so I watched this many years ago, and it is absolutely bonkers. I, I highly encourage our listeners to check it out because about sort of into season two, about halfway through the run, it takes a hard left field into insanity. In brief, it deals with the Scooby gang and ancient prophecy about groups of teenagers and their talking animal sidekicks stopping some transdimensional evil from taking over the world. That's like an ongoing theme? Yeah, it's like a meta story throughout the entire season. Like that it's happened of- multiple times in history? Well, I don't know. Again, I don't remember it terribly well. It was a while ago, but I do remember there are lots of tributes to other, I I believe, probably Hanna-Barbera properties like Johnny Quest and also David Lynch films Uh because kids love it when Scooby and Shaggy enter the Black Lodge (laughs) from (laughs) Twin Peaks. So it's, it's absolutely crazy. It gets so weird and I love it. But about season two, again, the exact timeline is fuzzy, but Scooby-Doo gets a girlfriend. Right. I I sort of vaguely recall I, this. I did tell you about this at the time, but I'm counting on your lack of memory oh, yeah. skills no, for things I tell you. I don't remember much of anything. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I want to bring you back here to air my grievances again and get your reaction now with the benefit of hindsight, at least for me. I do kind of remember Scooby's girlfriend now that you say that, because questions. Yeah. Big yeah. questions. That this is Scooby's the big question we're talking about. That's what, that's what I'm talking about today. These big questions that are... Like, I don't I haven't thought about them all the time since I watched this, but every now and then I'll I'll loop back around to being like, that's crazy. How does that work? So, to be clear, Scooby-Doo gets a girlfriend. His girlfriend is named Nova. I believe she's a cocker spaniel, so a very Lady and the Tramp type thing, and he's a giant Great Dane, so the size discrepancy alone is already weird. But here's the part that really makes it weird to me. 
is she is just a regular dog. Right, like, which is a super normal questionable. Dog, <laughs> yes, who is a pet dog to Brad Childs and Judy Reeves, who are somehow related to the kids. I forget who exactly they are. There's somebody's, they're like the rich family or something, I think. Doesn't matter. The point is, she is a regular dog with a regular dog brain, and Scooby-Doo is a great thing with like a human brain inside of him. He has sentience, he speaks, he has a sense of self-awareness, and so this to me, raises so many questions about the Scooby-Doo-averse that I just need to get out into <laughs> the open. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't, I don't know how to... I don't know what to add to that because, like, why? Why did they choose to not have another sentient dog? Well, this is the thing that makes it so weird to me, Danielle, because there are other sentient animals specifically in this series. There is an evil African gray parrot who is, like, masterminding a plan to bring about that great evil thing. <laughs> There is the, you know, the legends of all the teens and their talking animal sidekicks. So there are several possibilities here about how talking animals come to exist in this universe. Either Scooby-Doo and other talking animals are like a separate species that evolve differently and are like, oh, for every animal species, there's also a talking animal species. So like maybe the human equivalent would be chimpanzees or other apes of some kind. And the show never delves into why Scooby-Doo has sentience, correct? No, absolutely not. No, it's just assumed that, oh, yeah, some animals have sentience. Don't ask questions. <laughs> or every animal that's born has a random chance of being or has some kind of chance of being a sentient animal. And either way, this raises some wild ethical questions about, like, the poultry industry or the <laughs> dairy industry. Because if cows can just be born smart, like, is it, did your hamburger have feelings? Like, I did mean, your hamburger, well, like, have self-awareness? We're hoping that the the people who are raising meat or whatever are not raising the ones that can talk back to them. You, you hope that they'd separate them out, but then it's like, oh, you murdered my mother. I know what that means now. My kind is being turned into meat. Like, they have a, that sense of awareness and ethics. Like, I really don't think Scooby-Doo is trying to, like, talk about the meat industry. <laughs> probably not, but but these questions arise organically from the situation they've created, Danielle. They've opened this Pandora's box, and I am going to dive into it. <laughs> How dare they have another dog girlfriend that doesn't have any intelligence dating a dog that can talk this is widely unethical i think because the whole point about consent is that somebody needs to be in a place where they have the ability to give consent and to do that they need to understand what consent means have a concept of consent in general right. and dogs do not have that concept <laughs> no, normal consent. dogs do not and scooby-doo does so it, it's very yes. it's very iffy it's a choice. A choice the writers made. It is. And there's also a weird power dynamic in this because she is just a regular dog who has owners and is a pet and, like, therefore has no freedom. So it's like he's dating a slave also. <laughs> Does, like, she seem to understand Scooby? Um, gosh, it's been a while, but, like, no more than she understands, like, anyone else. I'm just curious if he was like, oh, you know, don't go in the house. It's dangerous if she just waits outside. I mean, she goes into a dog coma at one point, and, it, like, and then her hospital bed gets wheeled into a cave when she's kidnapped by the... It's a wild <laughs> show, Danielle. And that's when Scooby-Doo dons mecha armor. He stole off Nazi robots and, like, goes on a shooting rampage with Shaggy. Like, they form, like, a, a Voltron thing. Again, wild show. <laughs> Oh, so gosh. good. Nazi robots. Did not see that one coming. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. And there were like aliens or something in the, that one, right? Yeah, that was the interdimensional alien invader evil thing. That's, that's what's going that's on. That's the there. one the African gray parrot's trying to? Yeah, that's why I mentioned him. Yeah. 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 Professor something. I forget his name. <laughs> 
Professor Pericles. There it is. Anyway, so I just, I gotta get this off my chest, Danielle, that how many questions this dumb children's cartoon raised for me in the realm of ethics, because if Scooby-Doo is unique, or maybe these talking animals are semi-unique, because Scrappy-Doo exists, but not in this incarnation, but right. we know that the Scooby-Doo verse contains his bipedal talking... <laughs> Cousin, nephew, son? I forget what the relationship is. Oh, it's definitely not a son. It might Probably. be a cousin or, or nephew. Or nephew. Or something. Yeah. Uh, either way, he was bipedal. So does Scooby-Doo have relatives then? Well, is Scrappy-Doo the next evolution of the Scooby-Doos? Because oh he's now not. walking upright and talking, right? And he doesn't have the speech impediment? Yeah. So I don't know if like in a few generations, are the Doos going to be like fully homo- Scooby-Doo, you know? <laughs> Scooby-Doo-is. <laughs> yeah, homo Scooby-Doo-is, whatever it is. I don't, I've never been a, a taxonomist, so I'll leave it to them to figure out the actual word for that, but I feel like that's a good candidate. As long as they all don't have the personality of Scrappy-Doo, that's fine. <laughs> well, God forbid. <laughs> um, so, like, if Scooby-Doo is a relatively unique or if these talking animals are relatively unique, then their potential pool of romantic partners is like zero. Sure, frankly. yeah, super limited. Maybe that's why he goes after a dog. Right. And then the question is, is that like, if he's just a dog that has some strange gifts, does that make it ethically okay, Danielle? I don't know. Tim, I don't know the answer to that. Why Danielle, would I know? be my moral compass. <laughs> Judge Scooby-Doo for me. <laughs> I mean, I already said I think it's super questionable, but it's also a cartoon. So, you Danielle, know. <laughs> if overthinking cartoons was something we shouldn't do, we would not have a friendship. <laughs> And I haven't watched it, so I don't like. I I'm taking your word for it that she has very limited like dog self sentience. So she is a dog. She's literally a lap dog <laughs> who has owners and like sits in people's laps. And yeah, I mean, she seems to like Scooby Doo. Like they get along great, but dogs also tend to form bonds with other dogs. It's not like unsurprising. They're pack animals. I don't know if that's like. <laughs> More than just standard dog behavior or if she has an actual romantic interest in Scooby-Doo, if dogs can even feel romance. I don't know how this works, Danielle. I'm not a veterinarian or an animal psychologist. Well, maybe she's some kind of like upper level regular dog, like some crossbreed between a regular dog and a Scooby-Doo. Is there like a caste system then of like, oh, the regular dogs, they all get to be like, you know, leashed and chained up. and <laughs> Maybe, yeah. This is, again, super questionable. Like, is Scooby-Doo going to lead the dog revolution to overthrow the oppressive nature of humanity as fellows? And again, there are other animals that have hyperintelligence in this show. So It would have made more sense to make his girlfriend also at least semi-intelligent. I mean, and then at least you're like, I don't know where the hyper-intelligent dogs come from. Maybe they're an experiment. Maybe they're their own species. Maybe they're aliens. Whatever. But at least they have each other. I like this is the one thing you, you've, you're you stuck on for this entire thing. It's just Scooby-Doo and his girlfriend. Danielle, I can accept Nazi robots. <laughs> I can accept interdimensional evil. I can accept all kinds of crazy... I can accept David Lynch appearing in a children's cartoon for children who were definitely not born when he was doing all his <laughs> most famous works. But I cannot accept a dog romance that is highly questionable, Danielle. <laughs> you tell him. You should write a letter. Again, I don't remember a whole lot. I should rewatch the show. It's been a while. But that dog romance did not really add a whole lot to the show. Yeah, it gave Scooby-Doo some motivation when his girlfriend is kidnapped and put in a coma. <laughs> but 
you know. So he could wear mecha armor. Her body also gets inhabited by one of the aliens at one point. So she gets, like, possessed while she's in the coma. And that's weird. So... Does she Is she, like, going around everyday activities still as the alien? Or is it just when... No, like, like during some... the climax, he's, like, okay. leading them through, like, the big, you know, finale. And she's, like, possessed by this alien so that it can talk to them and communicate, like... Hey, let me tell you what's really going on with the alien interdimensional being stuff. Why did it choose the dog? I can't remember, Danielle, because she was in a coma and therefore had no consciousness to fight her. It's just <laughs> an available body. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> Again, Danielle. And do dogs, this- can dogs do dogs have vocal cords that they can oh. suddenly speak? When they're possessed, when they can't otherwise. Good question. Scooby Doo seems to make do. <laughs> No pun intended. Yeah, but, but he's like a, a future or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So but this I, is just I, a normal dog, supposedly, and then suddenly she can speak? No, they do not have the vocal cords and the musculature to articulate. They don't have, like, lips like we do. They don't have <laughs> tongues that can form shapes. Like, their tongues can do all kinds of other stuff that ours can't, but, like, <laughs> lap water out of a bowl pretty effectively, but... I know, that's speaking. cool. Have you ever seen, like, a slow motion video? Yeah, actually. Yeah, it like, it's like, goes backwards and, yeah, like, it's scoops really cool. it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, look up slow motion dog lapping, because it's worth it. Yeah, cats too. They're both really fascinating. <laughs> I love how to take away from this. <laughs> Tangent. This is already Continue. off the rails. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so the point is she gets possessed by the alien and... And her mouth is moving when she's speaking, right? Oh, of course, because yeah. animation. Huh. Uh, That's true. And I think at the end, it just goes back to being a regular dog. Uh, it's so weird. I don't know what's going on, Danielle, but it's just I just had to get that off my chest. I had to tell the world about my moral wrestling with Scooby-Doo. That seems fair. I don't have an answer to this. Like, I don't know what the moral choice would be in the situation. This is like a trolley problem of dog <laughs> romance, right? What is the right choice? If I was Scooby-Doo and I had no romantic prospects for someone of my own intelligence level, because, of course, I can't date a human due to all kinds of cultural taboos, yes. even if in terms of consent and intelligence levels, they are comparable, but that's yeah, never be accepted by by people for that because who you know he's a great Dane or <laughs> dating a dog, which would be accepted at least culturally, but has some weird ethical problems. Like, what is the cho- like? Do you take the left track or the right track on that? Right. Are you saying that Scooby Doo should be alone for the rest of his well, entire life? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't think that's fair either, right? What's the right moral answer here, Danielle? Or is this just a situation where Scooby Doo has created an ethical dilemma so perfect it has no answer? <laughs> yes, that's what Scooby Doo sat down. They all sat in a room and they were like, "What is the perfect ethical dilemma, and how can we bring it to the show?" <laughs> I mean, this is a show that has a character everyone calls Hot Dog Water because of how they smell. So you know, <laughs> clearly high level stuff. <laughs> You don't know. I mean, clearly it has a lot of moral issues attached to it. So they had some big thinking going on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a crazy show. There's a lot of insanity in that. But this is the thing that really stuck out to me and struck me as needing further interrogation to really understand what's going on. So I don't know, Danielle. I just had to say that. For our last short of the winter season, as we start the new year, I want to start off on a (laughs) Scooby-Doo foot. (laughs) Started off on the moral questionability of Scooby-Doo and his girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if anyone out there has any idea about this or has any kind of like explain, like maybe someone who is deeper into the Scooby-Doo lore than I am can tell me more about the origins of Scooby-Doo. I know there was that movie called Scoob that came out a while ago that was... Did you ever finish that? I, I think I watched like the first time. It's like, mm, it's not for me. <laughs> I remember you starting that. So yeah, it didn't have Matthew Lillard, which 
was sad. So that was like my favorite part of <laughs> most of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> just Matthew Lillard. Not I mean, even, the, not so even the rest of the Scooby-Doo stuff, just him. I just love how much he committed to being Shaggy Rogers <laughs> and how much joy he brings to it. And like he goes to conventions and makes people happy. Like I just respect the hell out of him. <laughs> Matthew but the point is, I never finished that, and I don't think it really gets in the. I think again, in the first time I mentioned that movie, Scooby Doo is already a talking sentient dog, so I don't think it goes into the origins of how he became that way. But if someone else out there has answers or at least has a perspective on this, I really just I need some help. I, I can't go to my spiritual leaders. I don't think a rabbi or a <laughs> priest would really understand this if I brought this to them as a moral dilemma, and I don't really need that kind of judgment in my life. Sam really does need some help, you guys. So. If if anybody is a Scooby-Doo person, please reach out to him. I am turning to the moral judgment of the internet, which is, boy, <laughs> maybe that I said that out loud, it's probably not the best idea, but I'm out of options. You can do a poll on Twitter. That's how all oh. moral dilemmas are solved, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Scooby-Doo's girlfriend okay? Poll on Twitter. Oh, if someone could just write like a treatise on this or some kind of philosophy paper on this, I would be forever grateful. Someone who knows more about morality and ethics than I do. I mean, isn't kind of part of the point of morality and ethics that there's not necessarily a right answer? That is the trolley problem, as you said earlier. It doesn't have to be a right answer, but at least a, a, a discussion of it that Some makes guidance. more sense than what I've managed to put forth in my ramblings in the last you know, 10, 15 minutes here. <laughs> but you've put a lot of thought into it. You've probably put more thought into this than perhaps anybody in the world. You might be uh, the the like person, the person that other people would go to to... Danielle, I don't want that badge, please. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want that honor. I don't need that title. I, I really, really don't want that to be my legacy. The guy who thought about Scooby Doo's sex life too much. <laughs> well, the Scooby Doo universe. I was going to give it to you as a blanket statement, as opposed to this specific thing. I've clearly demonstrated the lack of my knowledge of the Scooby Doo universe outside of this one like area. Even in this one show, I still have a lot of my knowledge missing because of how little I remember from when I watched it yeah, eight years ago or whatever eight years ago are you sure no i don't remember how long ago it was i can't remember anything about the show because <laughs> it's all been pushed out to make room for this moral dilemma in my head that's impressive somebody yeah. help him out please because <laughs> danielle's clearly no help the, my, the person i brought in to help me specifically on the show danielle is not going to be able to help me I, I didn't really expect you to be able to danielle to be fair because i know this is sort of above your pay grade in Absolutely terms of is you know, uh, <laughs> coaching on moral and ethical dilemmas. But I work with what I got, Danielle. I work with what I got. So, yeah, if you want to shout out to Sam and, and give him some guidance in this situation, you can definitely Please. reach out to us at bookretorts.com. Or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at bookretorts. And I guess, welcome to the new year. Happy new year, everybody. <laughs> Happy I hope new year. We'll be back to more regular shows. I was going to say normal, but that's not us. Uh, more regular shows next time and back to our regular schedule now. So thank you for your patience with our winter schedule as we try to regain some sanity towards the end of the year. And until next time, bye. Take care, everybody.
I like how you throw off a bunch of plot points. Like, they're not the weirdest thing in the entire world. No, they're absolutely so <laughs> weird. But like, that's the point. Like, none of them are the one I'm going to talk about. Because Nazi robots, whatever. But Scooby-Doo's dating life, we're here to talk about that. 